Life is full of personal wins. Whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Most weight loss plans are one size fits all, not taking into account each person's individual needs. Noom is built for your psychology and your biology, meeting you where you are. Noom Weight uses psychology. That's why they say losing weight starts with your brain. But it also takes into account your unique biological factors, which also affect weight loss success. The program helps you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have cravings. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. Plus, check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available for pre-order wherever books are sold. Now entering Nerdist.com. Jonah Ray, Matt Myra, and then Matt Myra, and more Jonah Ray. The croissant. I give you croissant. There, 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 uh, there's a box of croissant on the stage. I bit one. It's pronounced croissandwich. <laughs> you, uh, what, uh, t- tell everyone your name. Uh, my name's Anya. Hello. Um, don't worry, they don't Anya. get that excited about anything. Uh, Anya, you came to the show last night and you said, I spend all night in a basement uh, and with no windows. At first I, we were like, that's creepy. Yeah, I'm, I think I made a kill room joke and you were like, no, I actually make croissant. And so you brought up, don't eat on the podcast or put the microphone away from your mouth. People will be furious. Uh, we don't chew like you do. <laughs> okay, yeah, there you go. Uh, I can hear you from here crunching. That's not the only chocolate one, is it? Sorry, it's not a salad to eat. <laughs> I'm sorry it's not a beer sandwich, Jonah. <laughs> uh, uh, there was another chocolate one. Um, was this the other, this the other uh, chocolate one? This we get for sending me first. This okay. is fun for you guys to watch, huh? Hang on, I'm going to do it away. It's light. It's very, very moist. It's, it's fluffy. He's a delicious croissant. What's the name of your croissantery? La yeah. Bamboche. La Bamboche. Patisserie. No, so they're good. Go this there. is the most boring episode of Cupcake Wars. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, on up. this episode of Cupcake Wars, no cupcakes. <laughs> just wars. Yeah. Uh, well, I just wanted to give you a shout out and actually start the podcast all day. Um, I... Almost tore my eyes out. I was working all day in the hotel 
trying to get today's podcast up, but the the internet in the hotel was so is so slow, like slower. Oh, than isn't that the worst thing in the world, Jonah? <laughs> I said he was angry in the lobby. I ru- I came back from our little uh, together walk, mm-hmm. and uh, I see uh, angry Chris. You know, angry Chris because he has both of his headphones in Ooh. and he's staring at his phone, Don't... like it's gonna do something. The podcast was supposed to go up hours before. I couldn't get it out because of the internet in the hotel. People are starting to tweet at me like. What's going on? No podcast today? What's up? I feel responsible yeah, to, to send it out. You, you know what that sounds like to me? Where's my free thing? Give me my free thing. I know. Well, welcome to the internet. So yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I could not. So I actually, I didn't have a data plan on my phone. Uh, Mr. Cheapo all of a sudden. Not at all. But I just, I was only going to be here for a day and a half. So I'm like, I don't know. You know, I'll be fine just surfing Wi-Fi. By the way, if you're American and you try to use data in Canada... Two dollars a meg. That is not. Uh, that's not a lot of data for two dollars a meg. Are literally you, why going are you guys on shaking your heads. Don't do it. Go, go. Literally, like checking Twitter one time. A thousand dollars. Way not worth it. Cat data. Not. Not at uh, all. You know what I did? I was like, I'm gonna add 300 megs Canada type to my plan for that's, sixty dollars. That's what I ended up having to do in order ha! to get the podcast. Told up. you. But. In the, in the process, I did tell the internet, uh, hey, I'm going to get the podcast up today. The hotel internet really sucks. One of the first responses, someone just wrote, hashtag first world problems. Now, I want to get it, I want to put this on the table right now. The first world problems gag is way fucking over, okay? Let's get the fuck past it. It's like saying not or smoking. Like, fuck you. It's over. Winning. You are. Swing. Yeah, like tiger blood or whatever. You just uh, fucking throw it into that bin of, of hacky, useless, uh, douchey phrases. My first word problem. That unfunny people use to try to be funny because they saw someone else do it two years ago. So let it, I moratorium on the first world problem. Oh, well, excuse me. God. <laughs> Actually, that's retro. That's making a comeback. Oh, is that retro? <laughs> that's retro. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I was finally able to get the podcast up today. You know what I did? I went on a bike ride. What? I went on a Blixie bike. I love to ride my bicycle. <laughs> I love to ride my bike. I got uh, the rental bikes, and I, uh, I, I took it out, and I was riding. I was having a delightful time, and then I had to uh, go to the bathroom, <laughs> and then I couldn't find a docking station for the bike. Is that what you call a toilet? Yes. <laughs> I passed by many docking stations for my, my shit, but <laughs> for the bike, nothing. And I, it just started, I started getting really scared. <laughs> like you were going to shit the bike? Yeah. I was very that should be that. a euphemism by all oh, that yeah. guy totally really shit, the, shit bike. the bike. Yeah. yeah. That's when you fuck something up so bad because if you shit on a bike, it's a complete disaster. Yeah, well, just because it's like, you know, it drips I down like and then the spokes less. just kick it right back up at you. Yeah, it just turns into a shit fan. Yeah, yeah. Just exactly. like right back into yeah, your own. Just like pig pen on a fucking bicycle yep. going down, just a cloud of shit. So mist. I now, we replace first, first world problems with that guy shit the bike. So yeah. shit the bike is the new, the new phrase. Yeah, but it was, uh, it was a scary time. I, and like, it was, I literally started just like, I was riding around trying to figure out where one of those docking stations could be. And I was just like, fuck, come on, come on, I don't need this now. <laughs> Did you start crying? I was close. Oh. Did Matt go with you on the bike ride? No. No, he refused it. I refused the bike ride. We were ride. walking, I was like, let's go on a bike ride together. Here's why I refused it. $250 deposit in Canada is like a million dollars. But you get it back if you don't fuck yeah, the bike Yeah, in up. 10 days. In 10 Canada days is like eight months. How? <laughs> wait, how the, hand, the, the how calendar, hand of mouth are you? Matt the, Matt, the calendars are the same. It's just No, the, no, no. I'm pretty it's sure. Just the it's just like Mars. No, no. It's just the uh, currency and the Chris, measurement what system. what time is it in L.A. right now? 
Okay, I understand what you're saying. Okay, party exactly. time. Is it party time? Exactly, it's, always party it's time. It's two o'clock, April twelfth, in Los Angeles, yeah. right? Exactly, now. 1955. <laughs> no, so I just didn't want it tied up. What if the dollar takes another hit? Then I'm losing more money. You don't lose. You get. I it don't back. understand how this works. And you were being so irritating when I was trying to figure out how to rent it. He just started like putting the seat up and down, and then like ringing the bell like an idiot. It's like, ding, 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 ding. You gonna use this? You wanna test the bell, right? I mean, I'm not You crazy. didn't have to do shit. I tested the bell for your safety because I thought we were friends. Friends ride bikes together. <laughs> <laughs> now I think we see the source of the butt hurt. Oh. <laughs> Twice, yes, I know. Fuck all bag shitting yeah. bike. Yeah. Um, well, I'm sorry that you didn't get to have a bike ride together today, but it's nice that you got to go to um, what you said was like, the fanciest part of Toronto. Is there it's like weird. A, like a I, chamber I orchestra on the street. I describe this place as hoity-toity. And then uh, Amanda, the girl that's working with us on the show, she was like, "I was like, oh, I went to Yorkville." She's like, "Well, that's already hoity-toity." I was like, "I said the same thing." <laughs> Yorkville, hoity-toity. Since fucking, who cares? You know. You said there was a violinist on. Oh, the I come onto the street and it's a fancy place. Literally, there's a violinist on the sidewalk going. <laughs> I hope they were doing it with a violin yeah. and not just with their mouths <laughs> like you were moment, doing everyone, it. Everyone got out of their cars and started waltzing. <laughs> she was in black and white and then someone dropped a red rose. Yeah, oh, it was beautiful. I was in slow motion. <laughs> and a, it's just, so someone had a pearl necklace that exploded and then just Oh pearls. no, yeah. you're just, you just murdered Bruce Wayne's parents again. I did, I did, yeah. Well, right after the opera. Yeah. Hey, do you like to ever dance with the devil by the pale moonlight? Yeah. <laughs> I don't acknowledge that as the true origin of Batman. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. It's true. Yeah. That, Batman classic. They might as well just put on the side of that one now. Um, we have a very special guest on this episode that I am uh, super excited. I mean, this guy, I think, you know... I thought what? you said he was Jewish. Oh, he is. Not special. Oh. <laughs> what? In comedy. <laughs> okay, I'm going to allow it. I'm going to allow it. Um, but uh, he's a guy that I think all of us as comics, he's one of those guys that whenever he's on stage, you go back into the room to watch him perform. And I, I've, I've known him for many years, and I am appalled that this is the first time I'm having him on the podcast. But please welcome to the stage, Mr. Andy Kindler. Yeah! I'm so... I'm so thrilled you're on the podcast, and I'm sorry it took so long. No, you no, should have been no, apo no more apologies. That's what I just got from an Oprah repeat. No apologies, <laughs> no shame, no guilt. And as my life coach said, and I will not be making eye contact. As my, eye coach, my life coach says, slide into your dreams. Hey, wait, slide into your dreams? I know, I, I mean, you took some notes. I just came up with some material. Okay. Okay. Sure. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, it won't go longer than 12 minutes. No. Okay. Okay. People at home or wherever you're downloading this, we all have glasses, right? I don't. Okay, so <laughs> we are the... I know, I have the, I'm going to cover that. Okay. <laughs> the, th the three nearsighted stooges. That's one name. <laughs> the three glassketeers. Oh, glassketeers. that's a good one. The astigmatists. <laughs> the below average white guys. I'll settle Does for that. Do you know that reference anymore? That's good. Average I don't know if guys. I do, yeah. Uh, oh, Huey Lewis... And what else is in the news? <laughs> <laughs> Here, I, I, I got one, I got Those one. The it's, a, one. it's our hip-hop group, and it's called Nearside. <laughs> hey, that's good. Yeah. Todd and Todd Glass is... No, I don't know. Um, <laughs> do you want a croissant? Do you want a croissant? 
It's very, you know, you know it's very, uh, a lot of emphasis on the croissants I know this year. You know what I'm saying? That's a, a kind of humor. Yeah. <laughs> it's a croissant shop. There's nothing but croissants in there. That and bit, I say, you want a mm, little heavy on the croissants. That bit was very much like a croissant where you think it's one thing and then you yes. bite it and you go, oh, there's actually more in here than I thought yeah. there was. And then uh, you're left feeling unfulfilled. <laughs> I think it's, exactly, it's up my act. You yeah. eat and then an hour later you, uh, you feel logy. I don't, <laughs> uh, so a couple things, Andy, Kindler. Uh, I first, the first time I ever saw you do stand-up was in, I think, 92, maybe. It was one of the Young Comedian specials. It was the one I was on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they only let you do one. Why am I working to them? I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to get one. I'm gonna, do you have a crowd app? I'm going to download my crowd app. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to get your crowd app? Yeah. So they respond? All right. Uh, but you, uh, you did that special with, it was you and Janine and I think, like, Judd Apatow and Bill Bellamy. And and Bill, a, right. And uh, Ray Romano. And Ray Romano. That's right. Um, Who of those people didn't quite get to the next level? <laughs> Bill Bellamy. Bellamy. Be besides him, <laughs> two people. This guy, he was booty call, though. I wasn't booty call. You were not. No. He worked at MTV. But I also, the first time I met you was at MTV in like 95, I think. And you had a bit. There was a show on with these, uh, with these ladies. It was called The Mommies. It was a sitcom called The Mommies. Oh, yeah, I and remember And you this. hated that show with such a passion I remember seeing you perform. You were like, the mommies have a sitcom. Where's my sitcom? You did like 20 minutes on why you didn't have a sitcom, and you listed a bunch of premises that your sitcom would be. I also almost drowned right okay. there. Okay. Drowned? Bull. Yeah, is that Red Bull I drowned you all right, buddy? I almost drowned it. Uh, I also did my impression of an NBC executive in 1990. I forgot what the year it was. Like, uh, yeah, um, get me the mommies on the phone. Oh, also, Fire Letterman. <laughs> but get me those mommies on the phone. I think it was the other way. Can't, oh, here's what it was. Sorry. Not that anything will trigger a big laugh, but it was... Uh, Sarah, here's the bit from 85 years ago. Sarah, cancel my 230. Uh, let Letterman go. And get the mommies on the phone! <laughs> stand up all the way. You do it Alan. again and stand up all the way. And get the mommies on the phone! Yeah! That was good. You put emphasis on... You know who does that? No. Uh, they don't probably know this because they don't think they have the commercials. Maybe Larry the Cable Guy does the Prilosec OTC commercials. Oh, they don't have cable up here. That's probably Larry the cable no, but guy? do you get the Prilosec? Do you get those commercials? I think no. I think you should update it and be Larry, Larry the Satellite Provider. Like, Larry why the not? Satellite Provider. Uh, who, 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 oh, the Kilometer. Uh, Larry the Rogers the... guy. Yeah. <laughs> Larry the Fiber you got Optic Cable Layer. Yes. shit in your arm hair. Where else would I get it? <laughs> Weirdo. Earlier, Matt was eating a cookie. He just sure was. Cookie dust all over his fucking sweater. Yeah. I was like, hey, you got some cookie dust? He was like, yep. <laughs> Own it. He did a judo thing with you. He went with your energy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, so uh, Larry the Cable Guy, he says, uh, get the Prilosec, which is anti-acid thing. He goes, and just don't... And he goes... And just don't get heartburn. And I thought it was the only time he was ever funny. Like he was saying, <laughs> like that was the joke. Just right. don't get heartburn. But it was a bad reading of take this product and you, and you won't get heartburn. And just don't get heartburn. You ever seen his movie? You ever seen uh, where he, which where one? They th nope. He thinks he's going to Iraq, but he lands in Mexico? Uh, no, that's another one. There's another one. The You've seen two? There's two. Uh, I've seen them. Witless uh, Protection? Witless Protection Program. Uh, there's, a, there's a scene where it's like... Uh, he uh, like was like he fell asleep naked in the desert. Been and, there. Uh, when they 
when they uh, they capture him and they have him just naked and he has his hat his uh, hat over his junk, mm-hmm. but he has like sunburn all over. Except the sunburn on his leg, there's a mar- there's like a tan line of a huge dick. Oh, and I want to believe that he was like, it's like, let's make sure. Let's make sure. It's like, it'll be a funny bit. Trust me. Yeah, everyone will think I have a huge dick because huge dicks are hilarious. Well, I the just, tiny dick Mark ain't gonna read on camera. I just yeah. feel like she doesn't even talk that way. He's like a normal guy. From Nebraska, yeah. I think. And uh, does yeah, Canada, he was in cars. He was in cars though. He was right? in cars and cars too. He uh, plays meter. Exactly. Wow, you guys are really on fire. No one tonight. knows who Larry the Cable Guy is here, right? That was also the Pixar people. Get, exactly. get me Larry the Cable Guy on the phone. <laughs> That's interesting that you guys don't know Larry the Cable Guy. No, they guy don't. Here. All right, it just turned into we an do, auction. We do, we just don't <laughs> like them. This just turned into an auction. Yeah. This, is a sur- this crowd is surly, don't you this think? This is a. Yeah. No, no, no. I think, it's more, I think it's more hipster defensiveness than it I is. I like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the same thing, isn't it? <laughs> but I always, I always, it was. I, I want to hear kind of about your evolution as a comic and when you started and doing clubs, and then when you started to kind of like turn against the business, and then that, like, you're sort of decon. Like everything, you're the ultimate deconstructionist, in, in my opinion. You deconstruct the industry, you deconstruct your own set as it's happening, you deconstruct the audience. When did that sort of? When did that? Did you? Was that always that way? Well, when I first started, I was terrible, as many people are. But I didn't know it was terrible. I thought I had. A good, I mean, I brought a certain amount of self-hate into the. You know, I had that going for me going in, which is good. <laughs> well, you need that. And I was always loved self-deprecation. So I loved Woody Allen, and I loved uh, Letterman and Carson and uh, Albert Brooks. I loved that. So that when I first started comedy and it wasn't going well, I would comment that it wasn't going well. Right at the beginning, like the joke wouldn't go. I go, well, that joke certainly didn't get a laugh of any type. And it got a similar reaction to this right here. <laughs> but then over the years, I went through different breakthroughs. And like, uh, you know, not to get spiritual about it, uh, but I know you do. But at, uh, like a, about a few years ago, I dated to a few years ago, I realized that I really wasn't saying everything that was in my mind. I was editing myself. And not for uh, language, like you with the potty mouth. Right. But uh, <laughs> it's true. Uh, but uh, they take everything at face value. What is this? What is this? Uh, Non-sarcasm? What is this? No facetious night? Show that you're not facetious at the door, and we'll let you right in. <laughs> show that you're not facetious. How would you show someone you're not facetious at the door? It's ladies' face value night. <laughs> take, ladies, to take everything at face value, come Wait. on in free. <laughs> they thought it was something else, face value, like I'd value women's faces. I don't go that way. I'm not Don Cook. I'm not a Don Cook. Do you have a Do you have a ticket in your pocket? No, it's a piece of shit. And then he actually pulls out a piece of shit. You're like, well, he's not facetious. We got to let him in. That's what we're looking for. It's very and that's the kind of act we want for JFL 43. No. Um, so I realized that I was editing myself, and I started to say everything. So now I think it's the boats. The, uh, and not to talk about myself in the third person, but there's a lot of uh, uh, controversy online. Some people call me a genius. Others call me hugely talented. All right, so uh, <laughs> I could not deliver that to yeah. you. I couldn't get through that. So horrible. Uh, so um, the best thing I do, I think, is deconstruct, like talk about, but then it also can be, I think, the most annoying thing I do. Because sometimes I, I think the crowd goes, all right, at one point, do you have to, can you let one, you can't go, oh, I'm picking up a can. Oh, is it a can? Why do they have bread on it? Why did I say that bread on it? Why am I talking about cans? Oh, am I the can guy? <laughs> <laughs> so do you literally, uh, you say everything? I mean, because right. like, I think 
most comics are like, oh, I can't say that, or that's not developed enough. But you sort of you kind of go up on stage with cards and you just work it out on stage. Yeah, but not like Michael Richards, where I go, you know what, I'm going to try a racist rant and yeah. see. My racist rant bit. It's funny, too, because if you saw the set list from that night, he was like, oh, uh, <laughs> shopping, working out, racist rant. Yeah. Uh, my dog's weird. <laughs> he he no, never just, got to that weird dog. Just bit. on his card, he just wrote a big N in yeah. marker. <laughs> what, was that, what was that racial epithet I was going to... Uh, oh, I see. Right. Oh, I forgot <laughs> it. Oh, this is why I write things down. Uh, also, again, I've, I've said this many times. I'll say it again. I blame the, no one blames the Laugh Factory on these uh, horrible eruptions. Why are people playing that terrible club? I don't. I yeah. don't look at me. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I get it. You guys know the Laugh Factory. No, they don't. <laughs> Why don't you people read a newspaper from local Hollywood <laughs> about a horrible mainstream club <laughs> that's been around for many years that no the one's least, ever liked? The least you guys could do is pick up the Venice Argonaut. <laughs> yes. What are you people? <laughs> read the Venice Argonaut, people. Yeah. Guys, pick up, I pick got... up the downtown homeless newspaper. It, oh, it helps I, support I, I do not associate with... Uh, I got the solution. Dissociate? Next year, we fly them all out for three months. <laughs> and we bring them back. Then we bring them back, and we do the show. And then yeah. all, every reference destroys. <laughs> yeah. oh. Everybody here goes to Los Angeles on Hartwick. That's Yay! Right. USA! USA! <laughs> they still won't do it. <laughs> Even if we're flying them there. I don't know if I want to travel down what there. Is the equivalent of, what is the Canadian equivalent of people canning, USA, you guys don't know Canada, do you? Stephen Harper, Stephen Harper, Stephen Harper. Does any other, does any other country chant? He's my brother-in-law. <laughs> does any other country chant their own fucking name? No, just... It's Canada, just no. Canada, Canada, Canada. Yeah, I think, uh, I think America might be the only one. England, England, England. It's funny, yeah. I was in Canada in January. I started to get into the Canadian Olympic thing. I think it was, I don't remember where it was. It was somewhere where this happened. And so I'm getting excited, and the Canadian team, they win third place in the relay, and I'm in my hotel room, woo, woo, woo. And then five minutes later, they go, oh, by the way, Canada, you didn't pass the baton right. And the Canadian runners are sobbing on the track. And I, my heart was broken, and I said to myself, do I need this? <laughs> and so... You, you allowed yourself to get too emotionally invested in Canada for and a minute. And I closed with a Mussolini yeah. bit. <laughs> what, a, what a ride. Il, ich bin ein Berlin. No, he wasn't saying that, no, right? No, no. <laughs> but that, that was, that was Mussolini's Jeff. Hitler impression. It was so funny. Ich bin ein Berliner. That's good, Moose. <laughs> Moose, you're hilarious. Remember when the Berlin Wall was still up? Huh? They're People 12. Don't, they don't no. remember that. <laughs> they don't remember anything past uh, before research in motion. <laughs> wow. Why did you guys? What did, okay. Yeah. You could tag that. What, what was that? A Blackberry two? Come on, tag it with a nerdy thing. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? A Trio seven fifty? Yeah. What is that? Oh, they just got it bought out by Abacus International. <laughs> what are they still on an analog signal? Yeah, I'd love to use your palm, but I left my stylus back in nineteen. 93! <laughs> oh my god, Andy, are you okay? Are you okay? 1993. <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted to, I, I always tried to make this bit work and I never could where I would say, uh, the 80s called and they want their hacky reference from another time period thing that called bit back. I love that. And I was never able to. That would fit right into my, I used to do the uh, confused hack comic. So he would say, <laughs> I was down at the uh, city hall today, and there's a guy screaming, and he's yelling, and he's got his clothes up. And that was the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, 
I always, uh, I always like to. The, the, my favorite shitty comic is like the comic that just relies on references from like his youth and trying to connect with people. Like you know, like Dan Cook kind of does that, where it's just like a specific. Don't put thing. him down. Nah, Come nah, on, nah, nah. people. But love like, him. Uh, it's like, but there's a guy that does that that just can't really remember. He could like never really remember what it's exactly called. <laughs> it's like, yo, man, you remember growing up playing board games and you play the one, um, uh, the the bubble that you would do the dice in the thing and you would push it. What was that? What was that? It's like what apologies. was that called? It was like something tr- trouble. Y'all remember trouble? <laughs> <laughs> and then just tries to say it at the end. I, there's a whole time period that it was probably because I'm very old, very very old. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing prostate jokes. I'm talking yes. about. I do a lot of jokes about my mother-in-law, about the going to. I, I say I'm going to go on a pleasure trip. A pleasure. I'm going to end up in the home. What about, what about yeah. mother-in-law prostate jokes? Uh, I don't really have any, but I'm I'm working on them. When I after I watch the Joe Theismann prostate commercials. Now look, uh, what was I talking about? I have no oh, idea. I missed a whole time period. Like the people say, what am I, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? They they always had the Transformers. Yeah. I don't know what the hell that joke would mean when yeah. they use those as references. For me, that's uh, what's the fucking uh, the one with the Pokemon? Hippies? Pokemon. That's Pokemon. That's a yeah, classic. Yeah, yeah. How did you is... get that? How the fuck are you guys that mind melded that he just goes, well, "What's the thing?" and he holds well, out his like hand. It, you go, Pokemon. We both have discussed. We both have discussed how our cutoff for like kids things was Pokemon. Yeah. What oh, okay. came after that? What came right after that? Uh, after Pokemon. Trapper. I like Trapper Keeper. <laughs> I really <laughs> thought you were gonna is that say anything. Is that good? I thought you were gonna say Trapper John MD. <laughs> No, oh, that's my got. wheelhouse. Yeah. That is my wheelhouse. They're, every time I hear that. Why word, do they laugh at that? <laughs> Trapper John? Because you're... You, it, they love math. I like, they like words. <laughs> every, time, every time I hear Pokemon, I can't help but hear Todd Glass's bit about, you know, could a, couldn't a prostitute be a good mother? Where she's like, oh, I don't yeah. let a Chinese businessman shit on my chest so you can buy Pokemon cards all day. <laughs> but it's just the way he says Pokemon. Uh, yeah. That fucking kills bit. me every time. Uh, oh, so could... what was the what was your sort of transit? Because when I first started seeing you live, it was in the sort of Largo, uh, you know, like what what came to be popularly known as the alternative comedy crowd. So did you did you kind of come in? Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> oh, oh. Did you? Oh! 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 Robin Williams! Mm. Uh, oh! Look at this! It's um, Table Man! Oh! Look <laughs> at this! I'm I'm Arm Person! Oh! Hands <laughs> <laughs> like oh! Don't do it to me! <laughs> oh! I'm strong! I think I I think I drink from a straw like a gay guy from the seventies. <laughs> hey man, get off my lawn! Uh, oh! Mother, oh yeah, I'm a I'm a black guy from the forties. Uh. <laughs> oh, well, hello there. <laughs> Oh, that's that he made me it. sick. He nailed it. <laughs> I felt racism erupting through my genetics. Somewhere in my past, oh, I was in the Rat Pack. Well, hello there. On <laughs> Robin Williams, it manifests itself in arm hair. Whenever he feels any racism <laughs> coming, it's just arm hair growth. It starts to stand straight up. The other night, I said, uh, "I'm like uh, Robin Williams if he was alive comedically." <laughs> well done. Look at the crowd. Oh, oh. <laughs> hey, Whoa. come on. Don't tear down our idols. Mork and Mindy just started airing in Canada, so <laughs> they're in the midst of Robin Williams' fever. <laughs> How is Howie Mandel different from Robin Williams? There's no difference. How right? is Howie Mandel different? <laughs> well, you guys one know Howie like Mandel. It's the same thing, though, isn't it? Give me, uh, come on, come on, anything for a laugh. Yeah, I think a lot so. of sweat, a lot of cocaine. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Robin Williams has ever done drugs. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> uh, 
With the, are you doing the eye thing? Uh, I was uh, a comic in the 80s. I don't know what anybody's talking about. <laughs> you know what's really hard about the, about the commenting on the set not going well is that if you don't do it right, the audience just feels bad. That's what happens a lot of the times and still happens. Also, my theory is that comics, that we all over-exaggerate how badly we're doing. So if a guy is not like, I'm like, well, what? What's the matter? You don't like my act? <laughs> so, um... <laughs> so if you're not Cicero from Skyrim, come right. on, you guys. Anybody? Okay, good. A couple of you. But people are I like that. I mean, a lot of times they are, uh, you know, they will uh, think that... Uh, they'll just take it... If, a lot of times... Here's my, my other theory. If you're talking conversationally so that people don't think you're doing your act. Right. Now, I, now you may claim it's the jokes, but what I'm saying... <laughs> I'm making observations in the moment like I could be talking to you in the moment I'm not saying what I'm saying right now is funny but let's say what I was saying right now is funny but it wasn't part of my act you'd still go too conversational I didn't see the big wind up and he didn't go and here comes the hoo-hoo the hoo-hoo <laughs> so some people think that I think I'm your, having trouble because I talk about how much I'm having trouble that's what your album should be called here comes the hoo-hoo here comes the hoo-hoo he's with me in the front I can't help it uh, <laughs> and then the first negative review the hoo-hoo never showed up yeah he should have gone with the hoo-ha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or ha-ha. Or anything, because I wasn't laughing. He stinks. Get out of the business. <laughs> Get out of the business. <laughs> do you feel, do you feel relatively bulletproof on stage in just terms of, like, you know... The... Well, ever since I got the vest. <laughs> <laughs> I wish the podcast listener didn't see both hands yeah. clasp the mic. As Andy leaned forward, two elbows on the yeah. desk. I do sometimes feel... Here's the way I feel. I, Jonas talked to me about this, how he's fearless, and he has the crowd in the palm of his hand, and he destroys, <laughs> he destroys every crowd, and there's no mercy, and they're going down, and he can kick the shit out of any other comedian. Yeah, it sounds like me. <laughs> I'm sorry. What was the question again? <laughs> it was, do you, feel, do you feel kind of bulletproof? Oh, oh so sometimes things? I feel fearless, but then sometimes I feel very fearful. and then sometimes I think the sign of a good comedian... And is that you are restless and you don't love what you do. Not that you have to hate what you do, uh, but that you don't always love what you do and that you're constantly, there's a lot of different emotions. I think if you have too much bravado, you're dang cook. If you have too little bravado, you never leave the bedroom. And then if you have what yeah, I but, have, so you, have a ticket to, you have a ticket to Hollywood. But, yeah. but Chris Rock, Florida. But Chris Rock does have a bravado to his comedy and it, it doesn't, it's not shitty. Well, he's, he's, he has brilliant comedy, but I have to say, and, not that, uh, and only because I haven't said terrible things about every comedian, let me uh, continue burning more bridges <laughs> by saying that I think he's brilliant, but I've liked him. I've actually enjoyed him better in small clubs when he's like working towards a special yeah. than when he's like really delivering the special. That's true. When you see him uh, when he's working on stuff, he's very quiet and very just like hitting the jokes, but then when he does it at a big show, that's when it becomes pacing back and forth and yelling a lot. But that's a stylistic thing, and if he's thinking of working with me or uh, if, there's any comic, <laughs> if there's any comic I've said terrible things about who could see their way clear to throwing me a bone. <laughs> but that's also the, I think that's also just the environment of the rooms. Like, if you're in a club, it's sort of like if you're strutting around on stage, it's a little weird. But if you're in a theater with 3,000 yeah. people... That's a problem. Then you're projecting out to that. Like, I, I kind of wanted to see... Um, I wanted to see Louis set last night at the Comedy Bar when you did the alternative show because yeah. I saw his set at the Sony Center for like 3,000 people and then I wanted to see him again. I mean, I've seen him a million times, but I kind of wanted to see some of those jokes in a smaller, just as a, as a comedy nerd. Like, well, he picked the, mater I mean, the picked material. The pick worked 
fantastically in that room. Yeah. And it was very much like about, you know, sitting in the courtyard and this other, and this other bit about this old lady. And, yeah. And it was great. So I think that, like, that comedy bar, to me, is a perfect size room, but there's no money in 100 people doing anything, right? No, I'm saying people always, like, if you're Jim Gaffigan, it, I can't tell Jim Gaffigan, look, here's what you should do. <laughs> Instead of doing the 3,000-seater and making 100,000, why don't you do a 100-seater? And you'll have a better time. But <laughs> so, but comedy. No, but you see, and people like Jim Gaffigan are people who I think are hilarious. But they, I mean, I think they, they. Some people work better. Like Brian Regan could probably do any size room. But still, just by the nature of stand up, I, I don't think it's the same thing in a big place it's as not. it is in a tiny room. The jokes land differently. I mean, like it really is. There is sort of. Um, there is an yeah, arc to the jokes, whether you're lobbing like way for the balcony or if it's like an intimate room, right? And you're just kind of placing them. I yell, don't you? I do this all the time. I never can understand amplification. I go, they can't, they can't possibly hear me back there. <laughs> you, I remember that, that when you did the young comedian special, you were very like you were jumping around on stage. There was a lot of physicality. It's so to totally your set. different. It's frightening for me to look at. I mean, I have to give myself a break about it. That I was uh, on uh, some kind of sleep medicine. No, I'm sorry. Uh, no, <laughs> no. That I was. I, I did think I was conscious of having energy then. Yeah. Even though now I would say, or maybe even back then I'd say, like I, I was a hacky. Hey. Ha yeah. That wouldn't have... Li- well, actually, that wasn't bad. That was pretty good. <laughs> so, yeah, but I'm really... Write that's down. not me now. Do you, think there's sort of a, do you think there's sort of a, a, a kind of a Steve Martin-esque approach where it's like he's, you know, he's playing that Vegas club performer and you're sort of playing that like, hey, I'm this comic guy. More ca- I, I, I don't think it's quite the same thing, but I, am, I do feel like I'm constantly calling up a Catskills comedian inside me that I'm making fun of, but that I also love. Yeah. Like, I like bad jokes sometimes. or yeah. pun- Like, online on Twitter, like, I'll do a really bad pun, and people go, hey, yeah, that was good. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's a bad... Like, I'll have a joke, like, uh, me- I have a Mexican uh, restaurant, a comedy restaurant. It's called, Is This Thing Flan? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not taking that to the Higgs bosun people. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like to think that there are... We found the reference for this crowd. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not calling that uh, this on the same level as Dark Matter or Heisenberg's Principle of Uncertainty. <laughs> is that what I'm saying? Or Schrodinger's... Is it in the box? Is it not in the box? You must be the doctor. We are the Higgs boson people. <laughs> I got, I got nothing. I was gonna. For, I, ran for the jar- I ran out of jargon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Andy Kindler comedy uncertainty principle. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. I prove that every night. Am I in the club? Am I not? Yeah, I wrote this. I wrote this as a liner note to a DVD that I sold thirty copies of. But it, the liner note was, I, w- I was like a, a show I did in two thousand three. So I was doing a glossary because I released it in two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. So it was like uh, the joke was of uh, if a tree fell on the forest. And it was explaining who George Lopez was to someone in two thousand eight. <laughs> so I said. The chances are, if, if, George, if a tree fell in the forest, chances are George Lopez wouldn't think of anything funny to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I laughed at my own material. I broke my Belmark rule. Who laughs during the joke? So I don't know if you guys know this, but at, at, at the um, at the Montreal version of the festival every year, Andy gives uh, kind of a keynote speech. It's a state of the industry where he, so a few of you know. 
Um, the rest of you are just hate Montreal. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, you, wh- when did the when did the uh, state of the industry start? Because it's definitely it's definitely grown from a very informal thing to like a, it is it is an event that's talked about. Are you going to go to Kindler's State of the Industry? You know, like right, it's right. a thing now. Well, I like to do it in a way that uh, I could. Uh, you know, cha- move the year up, but I can't do it. You know what I'm saying? Make it seem like it just started last year. Because I feel like I said, like, 1995, people go, what? <laughs> what ha- why is it, was that, did he start, uh, when he started, did he have a wind up? Come on, what would be old timey? Did a, he do it on an Edison school? Uh, is that uh, what he did? A Nickelodeon? A hearing horn. Um, yeah, so it started in 1995, and I'd done a thing. when I wrote an article called The Hack Handbook, for National Lampoon, still on my website, and let me, I want to tell everybody, my website never changes. A lot of people don't like it when there's new information on the website. <laughs> Static city, baby. <laughs> Carved in stone. Yeah. No things flashing around. And uh, the Hacks Handbook is there, and I told, it was like in 1991, National Lampoon did a, like a best of comedy issue right when the comedy boom exploded imploded, so I did a whole thing on how to be a hack comic, and then I did a live presentation of it in Montreal with like Blaine Capatch and Pat Oswald and John Ridley and all these guys, and then they suggested I come back and do a speech, and my manager, Bruce Smith, suggested I do a stay of the industry. He, it was his idea, the name of it, and then we just started doing it, and it's, it's in this little convention room of whatever hotel the... Uh, uh, there's only been two hotels that the festivals had since I started, and then it's just for, it's just for the industry people. Well, uh, sometimes people can buy passes to it, but who would? So, um, <laughs> and it's really me just saying everything that really bothers me and getting it off my chest. Does it worry? I mean, is, is there any kind of part where you're like, oh, I'm going to rip on all these shows and these networks and these executives, but I kind of want them <laughs> to hire me, so maybe I... Every second it's that way. In fact, I'm, I'm nervous talking about it now. I thought maybe, uh, maybe a lot of people don't know about it. Keep it quiet. <laughs> yeah, no, I do worry about that. But the other thing, it's been very liberating. And the speech has changed. I was like... Uh, Pure rage sometimes earlier on. It's like, Brustin Gray doesn't know their ass. You know, it's like, you know, screaming about management companies. And now uh, it's got, I've got to try to make it a little bit more roast like. Right. Because if it's too angry, sometimes it's good, but then it's like everybody feels bad. What did you, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't at Montreal this year, so I didn't see. What did you, what did you do about Louis where you're like, well, he didn't say anything when I saw him the other night? Oh, well, what I did was, and it's available, I'm not plugging this website. Uh, and, I, and there's nothing I could plug. Uh, no one's paying me to do anything. All right. So <laughs> if I say, "Boy, I really enjoy this uh, Gap shirt," they'll sue me for they don't want to associate with me. <laughs> but there's a, a, a website called Laughspin.com. Sure, I've got some back end on it. Um, and I, there's a six-minute excerpt of the Louis thing. And the thing that got controversial about it was, first of all, I did an interview about it afterwards that a lot of people thought was the speech. And so it's like, if you didn't know what it was, it's like, why is this guy rambling 30 minutes of his criticism of Louis C.K.? So what it was was, I, uh, and so this exa- the six-minute excerpt is right there. So I think everybody, if they listened to it, they could appreciate what was happening. But it was about my mixed feelings, because I think Louis is hilarious, but I have mixed feelings about the, the show and mixed feelings about the way he's presented and the way the media embraces him. See, this is, it's not funny in this setting. But a couple of things I said that were like, you know, more joke jokes were like, he always says he changes material every year. So my joke was like, yeah, you know, like he points it out. Yeah. It's like, well, I think all comics change their material. So I did a joke like that. He was one day 
away from coming up with the unified field theory, but uh, he, he had that year deadline. So, he had to, <laughs> so some of it was lighthearted like that, and I had like The Emperor Wears No Clothes, uh, written, directed, and produced by Louis C.K. Okay. Uh, Emperor's Clothing Costume, designed by Louis C.K. So it was, <laughs> it was about, there was a few major things. One of the things was the, 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 the tweets on the plane that were really anti-Sarah, not anti-Sarah Palin tweets, but you know what I'm talking about when he was on a plane and he just started saying things about Sarah Palin. Oh, I remember that. Oh, he yeah, was, yeah. And I think he, was, he, he seemed to express that he was kind of drunk. And he was really drunk. He said, I'm drunk. He's, and he's, yeah. He said, clearly, I'm drunk. But then he said things that were not, had nothing to do with Sarah. It's not like, a, I oppose her foreign policies. No, it was uh, really just graphic things. So it was all these things like, uh, why, that I kind of thought people were giving a pass for. And, and then it gets into that whole thing, like they say, comics should never apologize, which I don't agree with, or anything you say on stage, or if you're a comedian, anything you tweet. But it's like, it's very kind of convoluted to talk about it without actually listening to it. But it also, the part that was uh, kind of cathartic, if that's a word, was I had my own relationship with Louis, which I had a good relationship with him, and I had what I thought was kind of a on my own part of falling out or changing my opinion. So I, when I was doing these things, I got into this robotic trance where I said, I admit to you that Louis C.K. is a very talented person. Yes, he has made me laugh very much over many times, but I do believe that his show is over. And, and I said, and 10 years ago at Caroline's, we had a personal thing, and I've always carried that grudge around. And uh, <laughs> all, all, all of everything I'm saying now is colored by my own uh, feelings and uh, envy and jealousy. So it was like, I, it was really good because I, invi- I it was a thing where I, I really was able able to put it out there where I think I made valid points. Many people don't agree with me, but I also was talking about my role in it, So, uh, and I haven't gotten a, phone, a business phone call since. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> look, look at these guys. These guys are ready to... Uh, we are not involved in this in any way. <laughs> Management is not responsible. Uh, I really Louis like great. Louis C.K. show. No, but I think, I think for Louis, for a guy who kind of it says I, what I feel like is, you know, like he kind of says what he wants about stuff. I, I think he would respect that you have opinions and not that you wouldn't, you know, like try to color them up for... Uh... Yeah, I know. Everybody has different points of view on this. It's like, I have a thing, you know, putting aside the, the Louis thing, which is, by the way, going to come out on uh, Blu-ray. <laughs> um, uh, my, it's called My Ambivalence About Louis C.K. Uh, it's always this rule in comedy that you can't talk about other comedians. I thought we thought that was bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I, I don't say I invented this because I remember George Miller. Remember George Miller? Yeah. He passed away. 1992, he comes out in Letterman and he says, uh, I just got back from a meeting where we decided that Robin Williams is not a genius, just merely annoying. <laughs> so I had never heard anybody on TV say that. So I'm not the first person to do this, but, you know... Going after people, other comics is like, you know, a lot of comics said to me, I just don't think you should do that. Right. But it, always when it was Carrot Top or Dane Cook or Jay Leno, it's, e- it's easier. Right. It's harder when it's someone we all agree is, is hugely talented. Right. And so do you sort of feel, in some cases... I'm talking f- about me as being... Of course. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> in some cases, though, do you feel a responsibility to sort of like, you know, expose what you see or kind of holes in things that people, you know... I think I have to be careful about it because I do feel you can get to a sanctimonious thing where, like, um, I don't, I'm not the voice of, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't want to say, I don't want to be the truth machine, right. you know? But uh, I am more, I think it's more of a compulsion. So I think I have to say it, kind of, and it brings me relief and hopefully can make people, you know, like I do a joke uh, that I'd like to do an impression of Jay Leno 
if he was a comedian. Jay Leno. (laughs) (laughs) And I've done jokes over the years, like one of my favorite jokes, but it's cruel, as I said, who died and made Jim Belushi a big star? So I, and I said, I, I got one of my favorite ones. One of my favorite ones I saw a few years ago was when <laughs> Kathy Griffin had that show called Life on the D List. Right, you right. go, D List, don't sell yourself long. <laughs> oh, I remember that now. Oh, God. Wow, I forgot that. Oh, thanks for bringing that up. That was good. Yeah, so I, there's great joy in that. But I can't say that I'm like, a, you know, if it wasn't for me, you know, I'm not curing cancer. Although, you know what? Give it a shot. <laughs> use it off. Use my comedy off-label. But is it, you know, do you worry sometimes or do you, or I guess you don't worry. I worry just, all the, I do just, worry. But You do worry all the time. But, but you know, because obviously the, um, the, most, uh, the most natural response from some people, like on Twitter or whatever, if you're making fun of me, like, you're just jealous because you got the bad That's the go-to. Here's who the is go-to. saying? Who is talking like that? They actually <laughs> say they write it out. And it's just wingdings. I think. Lady Gaga. There's a guy that comes on and goes. No, that is everyone's go-to. Everyone's fallback position. Everyone's assumption about everything I say who doesn't like what I say is that I am only doing it because I am jealous of where my career is. And I don't, I'm not saying I'm not, look, I would like to make more money. I would like to not have to rent. I would enjoy not being $30,000 in debt. (laughs) I would like the money from a 3,000 seat place but have to only play a 100 seat place. (laughs) But that's not why I'm saying these things. I know in my heart that I'm saying it because I'm compelled to and I think it's funny, right? They're jokes. But I don't think you can always go, hey, they're jokes, people, all right? I don't really hate Hitler. No, that's not true. But, um, <laughs> but people always go, I, my perfect example of is I always put down Kirby Enthusiasm because I've been watching Seinfeld a lot in reruns. I think that show is so hilarious. And then I say, oh, I see how what Larry David's saying could be hilarious and likable. But then Kirby <laughs> Enthusiasm starts, and they reel you in because he's a funny guy, Larry David. He's hilarious, but he goes, but all of a sudden, he reels you in with, with this, the Seinfeld-type dialogue, and then he's living on Mars. Uh, <laughs> he, he finds a head, uh, a homeless guy in an urn, and uh, in the last scene, it all comes around that the guy from the first scene that you didn't think would show again, he goes, here's your pizza. So... <laughs> that's, the name of, that's the name of your second album. Here's your pizza. <laughs> here's your pizza. So people online go, where's your show? So my thing is like, uh, where's your show? That's why you, I always go, what if I went to a restaurant I didn't like the restaurant? I said, I'm sorry, I don't like this restaurant. They go, oh, where's your French restaurant? <laughs> let, me, let me taste your Coke. Go van. <laughs> Are we sweetening it now? Is that what's happening? It's good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Uh, so, what is it ultimately that you? I mean, what is it ultimately that you want to? Dancing with the stars. That's it. Oh my God! I would <laughs> love that. That would be so amazing. <laughs> Why do I have a weird feeling that you would actually win? Uh. I feel like there's something. Uh, Thank you, Judge. Asshole. (laughs) That's how I would deal with it. (laughs) Did you... I, did you ever do Last Comic Stand? You didn't do Last Comic Stand. Oh, well, that's another thing. Talk about uh, hypocrisy. No, um... (laughs) I made fun of that show because they had that Ross and... uh, They had Ross and... uh, Who were those guys? Rachel. Rachel, yeah. Ross and Rachel. (laughs) 
<laughs> I wish I could show everybody with my angle of that with your face. Ross or Rachel. <laughs> you swung me into it and I was confused. Yeah. No. no, it was Ross and the guy from Bob Reed and Ross and they were the judges and it was like so I was I was broke. And NBC said, would you like to be a judge? And all of a sudden, I turned around on the contest thing. But I used to make fun of it so much in Montreal about how, how much I hated the show. And, but then they, so I took it. I needed the money. But then they also said they weren't going to do anything cheesy with it. So it turned out to be an amazing experience because, except for the fact that it was a contest, which I couldn't control, I didn't know when it had to be Simon Cowell. I spent a lot of time with Greg Giraldo yeah. and uh, Natasha Leggero. And so it was like, it turned out to be a, a great experience, you know? And the comics were funny, you know, especially the last 10 comics. And then, you know, America votes, folks. I can't deal, do anything about that. <laughs> sure, I wanted the cross. Neither can we. A guy just yelled well, from the crowd. He just yelled, neither can we, because they're Canadian. You well, said, I can't name? do anything about that, America. And, you, and he goes, neither can we. Uh, is that the name of a person? No, 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 no. It's, well... Gideon, you know, Gideon's you know, Weep? No, 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 no. What did you say? Gideon's Weep? Gideon's Weep is a delightful... Gideon's um, Weep. It's, it's where, uh, in the, where they say, d given to the hotel by the Gideons in the Bible, actually came from the book, The Gideon's Weep. Yeah. Oh! Wow. No, it has nothing to do with that. He did. Oh, he got me going. Ross you, and Rachel, you, Gideon's you were Weep. Saying, you were saying, uh, you said, you said I, I'm sorry, America, and since we're in Toronto, someone said, I don't remember anymore because it was an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but you know, look at this. Britain's Got Talent, dog act wins. America's Got Talent, a dog act wins. When is it going to, are we going to get the message? Ever? That, that we're, this is, where something horrible is happening to us? <laughs> Would you, you feel don't like dogs? Oh, I like dogs. I could see one dog winning a talent contest, but two, I start to get suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're it's fixed. You're so no cats. You're so suspicious. You can't even talk. Now people are gonna be. I did a show once called Pet Star where I uh, evaluated a, a cat who someone had tied a fork to their paw and um, and guided them into a bowl of spaghetti. <laughs> I gave him a 10 or something like that. <laughs> and the other judges, one of which was, uh, I think, Joan Rivers' daughter, and then somebody, I blocked the whole thing out. She said, you gave that a 10? They tied a fork to the cat's hand. A paw. What is it, a hand? Oh, it's a paw. Yeah. yeah. It's like a cat paw. They thought I should call the authorities on the person for cruelty. <laughs> what, these people don't know about Petstar? Why don't you get... Acquainted with horrible cable television or a show that Mario Lopez hosted before Extra. What do you people have your head in the sand? How are you going to deal with the oil shell sands situation? Attica or something. Andy's getting suspicious again. Yeah. When I go up like that, you know I got nothing. I like Attica or something. Inherit the right. Like, I want to get mad. You're a witness, Mr. Hartwick. <laughs> uh, thank you, Mr. Kinlow. Yeah, I uh, preserve the right to redirect. I'd like to point out that the plaintiff's defendant is a Jew. 
Sorry, that was just the character. It's so good to say Jew. You shouldn't say it, though, because you're almost an Aryan of some type. Oh. You know what I mean? You got like a young Hitler thing. You would have been the yeah. young the young Hitler with a twist back yeah. then. You know, yeah. a young Nazi, the young Hitler youth with a twist. Are you talking about Kid Hitler over here? Yeah. Kid Hitler. Hey, you go, kids, what are you worried about? Look at me. Yeah. It's not so bad. Get hey, the, Kid Hitler, nice mustache. Bra- Whatever. <laughs> yeah, you would have refused to cut the, You would have said there would never have been the third right because you would have told him to go with the uh, goatee part. Hitler Yo, would have wh- not been threatening with the goatee. No, I know. Hitler was a brutal dictator who was. They don't have. Who uh, reigned over Nazi they're, Germany. They're so nice in Canada, they can't even conceptualize a Hitler. Yeah. I'm going for a laugh, though. Hitler's mustache, now he's got a beatnik like goatee. No, no, it's just you just move the mustache down to here, to the mein, beard. Mein Kampf, man. Mein Kampf. <laughs> Third Reich on, man. Yeah, Reich on. Yeah. Reich on. You don't have to do it all Third the way. Third Reich's a charm. Yeah. <laughs> what? What was that? What did he say? <laughs> Go ahead. Have yeah, the, the you win. Right. He gets the croissant. That's basically okay. You ready? Third Reich's a charm is if TBS made a sitcom <laughs> about. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> Third Reich's a charm. Meet Chad Hitler. He's just yeah. inherited. Meet Chad Hitler. Tune in after Franklin and Bash. <laughs> Third Reich's a charm. Third Reich's a charm. Uh, Third Reich Come from on. the sun. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Look, John Lithgow, he overacted so much, I thought he was a Nazi a couple of times. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I know it didn't fit, but I just want to say something <laughs> negative about his acting. Yeah. Would, you feel bad, would you feel weird if, like, you know, let's say you, you, know, you, kind of, you get a show that you really want to do and you pour your soul into it, and then someone else, like, tears it down. Does it bother, like, are you bothered by, by criticism, or does it not bother you? Every comedian has, is thin-skinned to a certain degree, but, you know, I do think, like... Some of the people I've made fun of who shall remain named. Uh, <laughs> no, like I used to make fun of Sandler, but like Sandler, like a lot of the people I made fun of were people I thought I loved so much. Like that's not always true, but I loved that. It's interesting. So you're actually kind of dealing with like, yeah. why did you let me down from your point that's of view? That's exactly what it is. So I used to love Sandler when he was on, he was a stand up on Siren Live, and they started making these cr- crazy movies. And so. Uh, Do you mean the crazy movies? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> How do you do the voice? I can the never... You can do the can you do the voice? No. <laughs> oh, it's like a yeah, sure. Oh, it's kind of a, oh, a crazy elegant mm. bit. Oh, quit the fire hot wick. I just oh. I'm hoping. I do kind of smiley. What's that? I just want to get in one of his movies, so I can't do it. Oh, okay. I can't do the I'm voice. Sorry. See, people withdraw from me. But uh, <laughs> but um, he doesn't if he doesn't put his movies out to be reviewed which he doesn't do. Yeah. Like, you can't review his movies before they come out. Uh, so I think at some point, there is a thing where you're thin, you might be, if you're really creative and you've gone into this thing where you're making the same thing, maybe at some deep level, but maybe I'm uh, ascribing psychological and philosophical pinnings to a person that don't exist. Has any, have any of the... Oh, my young? <laughs> have any of the comics ever kind of taken you aside and been like, oh, that really bummed me out when you said that? And then have you ever had to... Oh, you mean about the, the specific person? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, I've had unpleasant experiences with many, uh, not all the people I've talked about, but... Most unpleasant. Who was it? Um, no, I mean, Adam Sandler, I saw it at uh, a thing. I think you were there, too. It was uh, Ken Ober's... Oh, was it Ken Ober's funeral? I wasn't at... Ken oh, Ober. okay. So I was there, and he... 
I saw him and he said, uh, hey, don't worry, I've let all that stuff go, which I didn't know there was all that stuff was uh, uh, I hear they, like, there's somebody that works at Happy Madison that keeps track of whenever he's made fun of for him. Are you serious? Yeah, that can't be true. I've heard that. That's a thing I heard. That's weird. I think Sorry, guys, I just don't have all the facts, just things I've heard in well, passing. Yeah. Like yeah. it or not, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> this guy doesn't make as much as the other people do, but he does make a nice living tailing people. <laughs> <laughs> this is the guy at Happy Madison who's paid to... <laughs> the snitch. What, what is this, short attention span theater? Oh, my God. <laughs> and now here's seven comics talking about the Flintstones. <laughs> I'm Mark Marin. He hosted that. He did. Marin hosted. So did John Stewart, didn't and he? Kyle, a couple, they had a couple Kyle different Kyle hosts. Had. Yeah. Yeah, a couple they different didn't, hosts. They, and nobody asked. I'm bitter about things 30 years ago, 20 years ago. No one asked me to goddamn do it. <laughs> How come I wasn't uh, Brad Pitt? <laughs> I loved when Brad Pitt hosted Short Attention Span yeah. Theater. Hey, I'm <laughs> funnier than Brad Pitt. Deal with it, Pitt. <laughs> What do you want? What is it that you want? Like, I, I, what do you want a show? <laughs> no, wait. What do you want? Dancing no. with the stars. You want to start what over? It, what is it? Well, like, ultimately, well, what is it that you want? Do you want it? Do you want to do film? Do you want it like a television show developed around you? Do you want? Is it stand? Like, what? Okay, is it well, happy? Besi- besides the remake of the Love Connection, I also <laughs> we'll make that in two and two, two and two. Besides doing, let's make a deal the way it was intended. Yeah, costumes. Uh, okay, here's what I would never want to do: is the Price is Right. What Drew Carey has to do every day is that I would rather sell door to door again than to say, no, the Kraft macaroni is not 35 cents. <laughs> um, and what not... if I told you that he only shoots that two days a week? I mean, what does it pay? And what are the things? <laughs> and I'll tell uh, where's my trailer? Uh, let's do three a day. I'm into it. Um, you know what? The price of the Kraft macaroni was not 35 cents! <laughs> It's tell them what you win, Carol Merrill. Two days a week, it's nine <laughs> figures. It is yeah. something insane. I have never made any money. So here, I've, I, <laughs> I just made a pile. I can't j- jinx this, or lo- knock on laminate. That's but plastic. I, plastic, but I, I like I'm, I made a pilot for an Andy Kindler vehicle, and so that would be good. Oh, people say I should do a podcast, but I don't want anything to. Cut into my guesting on podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to make another comedy CD because I've been doing comedy for 28 years. Maybe I should have more than one uh, item out there. <laughs> you only have one CD. You only have one CD. One DVD. It's so exhausting. <laughs> How much new material do you turn over? Uh, once a year. <laughs> no. I, you know what? Don't you guys feel like it goes through fits and starts? Which is the name of your second season? No, it's like sometimes you go through. I don't know, like a forty. I, I want to say forty-five minutes a year. Yeah. About, but then I do a lot of stuff for just the speech. I do an hour of material just for that speech every year. It's not good. <laughs> and some of that material I then put in my act. My it's act. funny. It's funny to watch. <laughs> do Do you ever? Do you ever question yourself, like, am I too deconstructionist, or do you... Do you yeah, ever... I do, but then I, uh, hopefully, I let go of a bit, but it takes me a long time. Like, I just, like, sometimes I think, I don't know, I've been working on this for two years, but I just, I think it's, it's good, you know? But then I have to let it go. If a joke's... And then, late at night, all the kids... What is the... Ma- have you told them to be deathly silent? Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, uh... I think sometimes, if I always believe the greatest thing about stand up, I think you guys would agree with me, although you have agreed with me about nothing so far. So, what the hell am I even trying? Well, this I, isn't exactly a group therapy session. 
You gonna say something? No. <laughs> You're just judging me silently. No, we just don't want to interrupt. <laughs> we just we just don't want to interrupt your share. Right. What was I saying now? This I time I don't know. You were talking. About. Uh, what was it's I? Comic. Know? The thing about comedy stand. I have ad. Here's the thing. I have terrible add that I didn't know I had for 50 years. I just thought I was lazy and couldn't focus. And then I realized, that, hey, I have a situation going on. Every eight seconds, my mind goes completely blank. Five, four, three, two, one. What was I talking about? <laughs> so it's kind of weird. So I, don't, I literally don't remember what we're talking about. But sometimes it'll come in. But the thing is, it couldn't have been that interesting. Nobody in the entire audience knows what I was talking about. <laughs> what? Oh, letting a bit go. Oh, the best thing about Seth, thank you. And I know, I know it was hard. These Canadian audiences know how to focus. It's not that they're silent, they're just focusing. Exactly. And when, I'm, when, the, when the statement was as mundane as I was making, it's hard to, so I give this guy a lot of credit. Yeah. No, uh, the thing that's great about stand-up is that if you go by the reaction of one crowd or you, do, or you just say, I'm going to figure out what the crowd likes, then you're doomed to be a crowd pleaser and I think it only can end up uh, with a suicide or, or me committing or, suicide. Or a sitcom. Or a sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> and millions of dollars. Yes, I mean, yeah, hugely successful, but dead inside. But if you're using the audience as a... A barrage, I say, I'm trying it out, and if it, eventually I'll get it to work where the audience gets it, that's a good thing to do. And sometimes I just have to say, after a, literally two years, sometimes, whatever it is I thought, I'm not conveying it in a way that's funny. Now, that's different from if the joke depends on four people each night getting it. Yeah. I don't care. Then that's a good. What, so, what's an example of one bit that you were never able to make work? Um, I'm trying to think of this. I mean, there's stuff right now in my act that I can't seem to. Uh, I can't seem to, I don't know. See, this is my, my memory, but there's a couple of things. Just, huh. uh, Dogs and cats are different. Examples, meow, wolf. This is terrible because it's like, I wish I could think of the one thing. It looks like everything's working like Does a charm. Night, why, night shift up Does there? that say Y2K? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, because the deal is it's... Um, oh, I was talking about how you can update... You know, if you just update the, your old bits, with you, know, you update with the Y2K, you stick the Mayan calendar in there. Boom! New joke! <laughs> <laughs> New joke city! Uh, great flick. <laughs> okay, here's one that... Okay, here's one that people don't get, but I think this is a... A joke everyone should get. I'd like us all to pull together for it. Okay. And, yeah. and, and come up to the. Bring yourself to me. Get ready to get it. Get ready to get it. Okay, so I say, you know, a lot of times when I tour, I don't um, draw very well, but I'm, very, I'm an optimist. I like to look at the audience as half full. <laughs> <laughs> hip crowd. Too hip a crowd. They get it. These people get it. But sometimes. And I have to explain that if, you, if you're using the expression, uh, the glass is half full, yes, that is optimistic. Yep. And therefore, you can use that expression. But if you're saying the audience is half full, that is not a good turnout. And therefore, by using an expression that in one context is appropriate and works and fishing out of water, fish out of water, fish out of water, okay. sticking it somewhere else, 
Comedy fools gold. Please, please do me a favor. Just, just try this. Start devoting pieces of your act to the joke that doesn't work, and then spend five minutes explaining to the audience why it should work. And I guarantee you, it'll end up working. I. That is my. That is my. That's my technique. But um, it, and I do get. I do when I. When I I'm not. See, I made that. I Robin Williams like like that was in the moment, but I never did the fish out of water thing, and I wasn't so. I mean, I really, I really delivered the explanation better. Why am I looking over here? Um, <laughs> and it does, it does. But then, but the actual joke, I think, should get howls of laughter. And it, uh, <laughs> but, but it but just gets jokes, howls. Some jokes aren't. Some jokes you go, you know what? Pretty clever. <laughs> Why am I not okay with that? What is it? <laughs> I kind of, I just want to see how your brain works a little bit. If you see, now the other thing is because I have a terrible memory. I don't like to pull out cards like we used to do in the alternative scene. I just back in the 90s. oh right. So I keep it in my pocket, but my mind goes blank. <laughs> All I see is what's Hitler Google alert. <laughs> oh, I say, I'm so obsessed with Hitler. I have a Hitler Google alert. <laughs> he gets, he has better delivery than me, Chris. <laughs> He, that's what I always said. My problem was. <laughs> you wrote Nathan Yahoo, but you spelled Yahoo like Yahoo, the website. Like he's a Yahoo. Ah. Yeah. Oh, this bit doesn't know. Okay, here's a bit that doesn't work that way. I say, uh, oh, sometimes people get this part. I say, did you know that it turns out that the people who supplied Kool Aid to Jonestown, uh, it, it turned out to be Hawaiian Punch? <laughs> <laughs> But then I've been trying to work out the whole thing of like the guy who comes up with Kool-Aid, and now I'm working it out more. Like he says, "I got a surefire thing. How could this go wrong? Sugar water." Did anyone ever do a sketch where Jim Jones is like, "All right, it's time to make the sacrament, uh, the ultimate sacrifice," <laughs> and then the Kool-Aid man just bursts through the wall and goes, "Oh yeah, <laughs> that's where they should have gone. They should have uh, gone. They should have gone self-deprecating yeah. with it." Yeah, and then he just has everybody dive into his body. <laughs> And they just start, they're, just kind of, they're just kind of floating yeah. in there. Congratulations, you just wrote a Family Guy cutaway. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, that, uh, that, that reminds me of the time the Kool-Aid guy went to Jonestown. It's like that one time. Uh, what are you saying? What are you doing over there? Uh, How about this voice? Here's the thing I can't watch for two seconds. South Park comes on. Why? Who's that guy? What does he sound like? It's Cartman. Eric Cartman. It's really funny. It's pretty funny. Do your Cartman. I don't know. Come on. You guys. I don't have one. South Park here. South Park here. South Park here. It's better animations and terrible voices. But it's pretty great, though. Yeah. You realize when you're doing that voice, that sounds like Cartman. People are laughing. Hey, Salad. That's not him. What am I, Edwin? Did you just say hi, Salad? What am I, Edwin? Hey, fellas. Hey, 23 Skidoo. Um, I, think, uh, I think we have time in the show for three quements. Um, so if you, if anyone, if, if there are three Quements, uh, I'll run out there with a microphone. You could ask them. Really if fast. there aren't, we'll just go back uh, to the hotel. There's a, there's a gentleman with a UCB shirt up there. Uh, all right, here I come. Chris, be careful. 
Oh, gravy boat made Hello. it. Hello. Hi. I was at your show yesterday. We remember! Okay. <laughs> I was just going to ask you guys, um, if Matt Meyer becomes, if eventually he becomes a uh, host of Attack of the Show, what's going to happen to the podcast? We'll record around my schedule. <laughs> What do you think? Like you we, think kind gonna... of, we kind of already do. I mean, he already works on Attack of the Show, yeah. and we still are able to make it work. Are you afraid that he's going to go, like, mad with power and be like, I have not time for podcasts. I park on P1 now. Just... Local ref. Well, just because it's a Very local. show and a daily One show building. will be a lot busier. I'll just... No, no, he wouldn't actually be busier at all. He, cause, because he's the, he was I a literally... gadget producer yeah. on Attack of the Show, so he was actually working a lot. Uh, how dare you not know the behind-the-scenes no, inner deal. workings since, of... Since I produced the show, I would actually become less Produce a busy. segment on the show. Well, not just that. I mean, I pitch in. He's, he's super busy. Producer. I don't just sit around all day. I mean, yeah, if you, you notice... You tell me that all the time. Sometimes. Uh, <laughs> uh, I spent this whole week doing nothing but sitting around. You've literally said those words to me. Oh, oh snap. Sometimes, I think today, I think you sometimes, said it today. Oh, no, he did not. Sometimes Gadget Run floats, and then I have them all written, and then I'm like, what am I doing? That was a very nerdy question you asked, sir. <laughs> yeah, I think it, I, it, would be, it would be absolutely fine. I hope, I hope Matt hosts Attack of the Show. Um, what's, uh, Is that a UCB any shirt? Other, oh. Any other? Two more. Two more questions or comments that are questions one that are comments that are comments. This gentleman here. Andy, well, I love your act so much, and you're so handsome. Well, thank you. Not really a question. My question is, why are you so self-destructive? <laughs> Self-sabotage. Self what is your uh, question? Um, it's a quick one, I guess, for all four. Um, what, why do you guys think Brian Regan isn't rated among the top? Like, he is. Yeah, he is. I think he There's is. nobody funny. Not with... A lot of the you're just saying why isn't he more famous? But that's that's kind of what you're saying. Okay. Uh, but he, I think he, he makes it, he's one of the he top is. grossing. He is comics. actually like yeah. well, at least in America he is anyway. He he can still tour like giant venues. It's he's he, he's he, an interesting case of someone who built his career not relying on television at all. He just toured so much. Your question should have been why don't my hipster comedy nerd friends like Brian Regan? Ha! <laughs> Brian Regan, like if you if you watch Brian Regan's set, I I can see. So many comics that so much of this scene loves. I oh, see yeah. traces of stuff that they were inspired by just in his act and his presentation. Yeah, he's still... I haven't seen him perform any time recently. Have you seen him at all? Uh, I no. have. But you know, you know the other thing I want to say was... No, I don't think... I heard him on... Uh, uh, I've heard him being... Uh, he was interviewed on WTF. He was interviewed. Not to say another podcast. But the thing is... Uh, <laughs> I also want to say, though, I think you agree with the all agree that you're not always in control of where your career goes. I mean, he was talking about on WTF that he's had, like, sitcom opportunities, but he's not like a guy you can stick in. Like, so many people aren't a guy you can stick in a box. I feel like anything that came along, he's starting to do, like, voices now, but he has such a satisfying career as a stand-up. He loves stand-up, has a huge following, gets to go on Letterman. So I think he has such a great life that... Anything that would happen to him would happen to him, but it doesn't make what he's doing now any you know. Less when great. when do you start to hate him? <laughs> no, but that's a good that's a theory that I'm. No, I, interestingly enough, I don't have rage and envy against everybody. Oh, right. <laughs> I think there was one more. Is there? Behind you, Chris. Behind you. What? Stop. Where? It looks like there's another podcast going on on the other side of the room. <laughs> oh, it is. Uh, yes, sir. Um, for Andy, what or who? inspires you in comedy? Andy. Uh, <laughs> I don't like that. No, um, <laughs> I love, like, Paul F. Tompkins. 
I, uh, I was really, imp- I loved, uh, I loved and still love Mitch Hedberg. Mitch Hedberg was a huge influence. Really got, was, lu- was lucky, now it's like I'm on the telethon. Was lucky enough to work with a Mr. Bill Hicks. Oh, I love wow. Bill Hicks. And I grew up loving Letterman, but I also grew up, uh, and there's so much, the thing, and I want to say is, I know it's going to sound like, uh, like, not like to get applause and everything. I really feel like now is the most exciting time I've ever seen for stand-up comedy and comedy of all types because there's none of that uh, 90s like where everyone was doing homogenized stuff and there's so many different styles and so many great comics right now. That's how I feel. Tig, I love Tig Notaro. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I like Todd Barry. I, I, I had, I had, hey, such, a, I had such a moment, um, uh, an insane moment where I, you know, Tig, was, Tig had cancer and right. so she, um, she went on Conan and and made it funny. Like she sat and talked honestly on a sitcom. I mean, on a on a talk show couch, which you don't really ever see happen. And uh, she talked about being sick, and she talked about everything that happened to her, and made the audience laugh. And but honestly, when she said, and he said, "Sir, are you okay?" and she said, "Yes." It turns out I'm okay. It didn't spread. I have like such a <sighs> like I almost started crying. I was so relieved that. Uh, and I just I had to email her. I'm like, I'm so glad you're okay. okay. Um, she's like, a transformative comedian. I really do believe that she and and that she was always funny. But in the last few years, she's like taken off in a way that is just you can't even compare it to anybody in a way. And I just think she's so brilliant. And just like even the set she did on Conan, where she turned around and, and did the push the stool. It's just amazing. She's she's really amazing. The one thing that I admire about her as a comic that I guess I'm just still not comfortable with is that she's so good like using moments of like she takes her time. And then yeah, she'll and that's pause, really uh, and admirable. She, where most comics, like me included, would feel like I have to fill every second with words or talking or noise. She'll just say something and then just let it breathe for a second. She, and she's this. And the other thing that I love about her, and also about my favorite comics, is she's exactly the same way off stage as she is on stage. Yeah. If you go to a party with her, she will just give. Like she gives it to me so hard. Like she insults me so hard. <laughs> what kind of parties are these? Unbelievable and just nonstop. Sar- the sarcasm just never ends. And, it's just, and, so, and that she's transferred that onto stage is in- incredible. We've had a good time here at the Nerdist Podcast. Thank you for coming to uh, the Virgin Mobile Mod Room here at JFL 42. This has been a really fun festival for us. Thank you if you came to both shows last night and tonight. Please a huge hand for Andy Kindler, our guest. Thank you. Also, the sister wives, Matt Myra and Jonah Ray. Uh, thank you so much, Toronto. We love performing here. It's so much fun to be back. Enjoy your burrito, everyone! Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. 
Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.